Welcome to Over and Under once again. I'm your host, Edward Henderson, your totally unabashed, everyday common man trying to make sense of this crazy world that we live in. But today we're going to be looking into the effects of the media, whether that be major news outlets, op-ed pieces, magazines. How do you synthesize your information? One of the things that I really do attempt to do in this show is to teach you how to think, not what to think. I throw it out there. I beg you to check it out. So if you're up for this journey today, let's go ahead and do this. You're at the Over Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. So yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It does feel more and more like the news media or major news outlets are trying to make us think something, make us feel something, rather than just informing us with just the facts and allowing us to synthesize and take away what we uh, understand that to mean. They really go out of their way to push it, to shape it, to make it look certain ways. And I think that's highlighted by the fact that within the last week, now incredibly, I I mean, it's hard to wrap your brain around. You've got all these Democrats that are now supporting the police. I mean, they have went from defund the police, reimagine the police, do away with the police, to let's fund the police. They created the situation. They're the ones that were out there with the mantras of defund the police. They were the ones out there uh, supporting uh, groups like BLM that were out there, what were they saying? Um, pigs in a blanket, fry like bacon. It was very effective. We had five police officers in Dallas alone that were shot and killed by somebody that was going to set the record straight for false narrative that police departments all over the United States were out hunting and killing black males. An absolute lie, not supported by any facts whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I did a podcast on uh, black homicides, and it covered police shootings also. There's some pretty good statistics. I really can't remember everything that I covered in there, but I would suggest that you go back and you listen to that. But back to this perception that uh, the Democrats were not calling for the defunding of the police. And no, not every Democrat was, but it, it's a generality. You can go ahead and tag them with it. I can tell you who you can't put that on. You cannot put that on the Republicans. You cannot put that on conservatives. You cannot put that on libertarians. The Democrats own that. And if they did not come right out and promote the defunding of police, they did it by verbal support of those that did, those, those people like BLM and other politicians that were. Let me give you an example. I mean, let's, let's stay factual here. Let's look at some of the cities that have either removed money to fund the police to some certain degree, uh, but cities like Baltimore, Milwaukee, Los Angeles, Portland, Oregon, Philadelphia, New York City, Cook County, Illinois, Chicago, and Seattle. 400 officers have left Seattle and Austin, Texas, that liberal bastion within, within that conservative state. Some of the politicians that have called for defunding the police, AOC, Presley, Omar, Tlaib, known as the squad. You've got Cori Bush, Kamala Harris applauding Eric Garcetti for taking $150 million from the police. 
Jamal Bowman, de Blasio, Marsha Fudge, Susan Rice, Mondaire Jones, Gretchen Whitmer, Lisa Bender, Ted Wheeler, Bernie Thompson, India Walton. And I could go on and on, but we've got other things that I'm trying to talk to you. But, I mean, incredibly, they're the ones that call for this. They created this problem. And I'm sorry, uh, I can't tell you that Joe Biden actually specifically called for the defunding of police. But with this feigned, all of a sudden caring about the police department, you know, I mean, they're about the criminal. You remember that? They're about the criminal, not the victim. And for him to act like he gives a chubby monkey's butt about police departments or public safety at this point in time of the game, I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. He's being your typical politician. He sees that it's not selling. He's looking at a midterm election, and he knows it is a loser. If it actually gained any traction and was working to their benefit, he would be doubling down and pushing for the defunding of police. He really does not care about you or me. I can promise you that. But I can tell you this. I've been on Twitter, and you can typically tell those people, such as myself, who I guess you would say is conservative, and you can tell by tweets those people that are liberal. Incredibly, incredibly, a lot of those tweets that are coming from liberals are in support of funding the police. And by some of their remarks, you can tell they don't think it came from their side. They're saying it actually started with the Republicans, which, you know, there's a lot of times I share stuff with you and I tell you that it's my opinion. Let me tell you, this is one time I'm going to tell you this was an absolute fact. The defunding of police came from the left. It was incredibly promoted. I just gave you a list of high-profile Democrats that verbally went on public record, and you can go on YouTube and find this. So the fact that you've got people who are denying that, and not only that, saying that it was the Republicans, the Republicans, the the, the, the Nazis, the people who support the police department, the people that still love their country, they stand up for the flag, they put their hand over their heart, the people who love the military, you're insane. You're insane if you thought this started with the, the Republicans. Now, just for the record, I'm not saying that everybody who votes Democrats or is, uh, is a Democrat stands for defunding the police. I do not believe that. I think there are Democrats that look around like you and I or anybody else in this country and looks at the lawlessness and knows that that's insane. But I'm telling you, the leadership of the Democrat Party were the ones that pushed this, and they have seen disastrous effects politically, and they're looking at a midterm election where they, they look like they're going to take big losses. And this is not selling anymore. But I just wanted to be very clear. I'm not saying every Democrat that votes feels this way. I don't believe that. So I really have no problem. If you've been around for the last two years and you take in news and you've come, you've come away with it was the right who was talking about defunding the police and it was the left that were big supporters of the police department, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're a very dishonest person or you're very incredibly ignorant. Or you're like our president. You have a altered level of consciousness. You have entered into a level of dementia would be the only valid excuse for why you would buy into that. But back to what we're talking about, it appears that you have major media outlets that are partaking in creating this narrative. If you truly had serious networks out there that were truly trying to inform you and let you know what the real deal is, 
all those people that I just mentioned earlier, all those politicians, they would go back just six months ago, a year ago, and, t and show you exactly what they said concerning defunding the police, rather than just giving them a platform to let them put their message out there to be received as they would want you to have it received. Always remember this, people. When it comes to politicians, it doesn't matter so much what they say because they're always going to want to frame the picture in the way that they want you to see it at any given time. But what they can't do is go back and change a vote. So the way those politicians vote are much more of an example of who they are than what they're doing at any given time trying to tell you who they want you to think that they are. So be careful where you get your news from. I'm not saying don't listen to it, but my goodness, take an active role in it. Listen to what you're taking in. Are they contradictions? Is it coherent? Does it make any sense whatsoever? And I don't want to get off topic. This was about the media, how we're influenced by it. But I just thought to myself, that's an incredible example that I thought that maybe I could even get Democrats, people on the left, to admit to that where the calls came from defunding the police it came from the left. They did not come from the right. And if, if I can't sell you on that, I'd have to tell you, you are absolutely delusional. That is a fact own it. If it came from your side and you don't like it, then voice that opinion. But do not, do not give up your right to think to true critical thinking. Now that word critical is being used. It's used in critical race theory. It's used in critical theory. But those are ideologies that are telling you what to think, not how to think. I'm trying to get you to think, my friend. I'm not trying to get you to agree with me. I'm trying to get you to look at all the facts that are placed before you and come to a reasonable conclusion rather than sounding like you're a parrot singing the same song with everybody else. That's not where it's at. I don't do that. Uh, let's take uh, January 6th. Let's take Donald Trump, which I voted for Donald Trump. And no, I do not believe January 6th was a coup of the government. There's nothing that even indicates that was even a serious effort to do so. But let me just say this. When it comes to Donald Trump, this is the criticism that I have for you. Yeah, you did not call for that. But man, brother, there was so much more that you could do if you were to be interviewed and you were to say that, yeah, I should have taken a more uh, a bigger role. I should have got out in front of it. I should have got in front of those uh, very small minority of everybody that showed up that day. I should have got in front of them and told them this is not this is not how we do. This is not how we roll. This is not what we're about. You should have been very vocal. I do criticize the president for that. And if I were to hear him say that he didn't learn anything from January 6th, I'm probably going to hope that there's a better candidate in the primary. Would I vote for Donald Trump again? If Donald Trump and Joe Biden were running today, you can, be bet, you can bet your last bottom dollar I would vote for Donald Trump. But I'm telling you, I would have a lot of difficulty if he did not think to himself, I could have I done much more on that day. So regardless if you're on the right or the left, wherever you get your news from, do not put your brain out to rent or to rest or to be a bowl of jelly for somebody just to put whatever they want into it. It's a reason God gave you the ability to think, use it. And you have to have a free press. And the ability for people such as myself and you to voice their opinions is the only way that you're ever going to have truly a free society and not fall under some type of dictatorship where they control every bit of the news media, like kind of like Russia does. Um, 
A quote from the blockbuster series Game of Thrones was said by Tyrion Lannister, and it was stated as follows, When you tear out a man's tongue, you're not proving him a liar. You only tell him the world you fear what he might say. There's a lot of speech out there that you might, I don't know, feel offensive, or you might think uh, that it should never have been said. But, you know, if free speech only protects that speech which you agree with, then it's all, it's all for naught. That means that you're going to have to have a group consensus. As bad as it is, some of the things that I don't like hearing, it's a sign of a very healthy uh, free press and free speech. That is what our founding fathers gave us, and it is very, very important, and it still works in this country today. Let me uh, share this with you. Uh, probably the modern-day example of having your tongue ripped out is the the social media outlets like uh, Facebook, like Twitter, who uh, actually seem to go out of their way to stifle one side of the argument. And I think it's been well established that side is the right side. It is the conservative viewpoint that is so often blocked. I mean, the president of the United States was banned, I think, off Twitter. I can't remember if it was Facebook, too. But that's incredible when you think to yourself that the Ayatollah of Iran, who uh, would just as soon see America wiped off the face of the earth along with Israel, has access to these media outlets, and they would ban the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, from using it. That was an incredible revelation in this past week by Mark Zuckerberg that it was the FBI that approached them to suppress that information about the laptops of uh, Hunter Biden. And polls have shown that if uh, people had known about that, they would have voted differently. And yet again, once again, you see the FBI taking an active role in trying to influence the uh, outcome of an election. In a free society, people, it should scare you to death when you have such a agency in your government that is going around trying to suppress information. That is one of the things that has made America so different and I think successful and free is that we're not kept in the dark. We're not supposed to be like North Korea, where there is a state narrative, but it's nuanced and it's by degree. But that's exactly what you see going on within the FBI. And to hear Zuckerberg on Joe Rogan actually state that, I mean, you've got the owner, you've got the CEO of Facebook admitting that the FBI, once again, is trying to influence an election. We're worried about Russia and it looks to me that the enemy is within. There is information that is coming from within the organization of the FBI. And if you remember a couple of podcasts ago, I was calling out for people in the FBI because I keep hearing there are some very good people within the FBI. And this is their leadership that is doing this. And I said, if there's any hope for us or the FBI, those people better start coming forward. And they have. I understand that up to 20 of them have coming, been coming up to people like uh, Chuck Grassley and Jim Jordan. I understand that number is up about 20. That is not confirmed. But they are informing these people and letting them know the role that the FBI has been playing in trying to suppress this information about the Bidens, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, which is much more. You don't think that was just about doing drugs and uh, orgies with prostitutes, do you? I mean, stories of rich celebrity kids uh, acting in this way are a dime a dozen. This is about selling U.S. influence. This is about a family ingratiating themselves and, and becoming relatively rich. Now, 
again, everything has to be uh, taken in front of a judge, a jury. This has not happened. But the fact that they're trying to suppress this information should raise your eyebrow. It should make you ask, what the heck? You've been watching them grasp at straws trying to go after Donald Trump for, good gracious, even before he even took office, they were trying to uh, impeach him. They impeached him one time when he was out of the office. And then you see this incredible information coming forward about the Bidens, and it just seems to be waylaid. I think the FBI, regardless if they want to or not, I don't think they can bury this. Now, I'm not going to call for the defunding of the FBI, but I think it's relatively obvious the leadership is lacking. The leadership is not effective. Uh, and I, I would say right now that I don't know if you could give much credibility to the FBI on anything. I think if the FBI was an individual brought in front of a courtroom, he would be thrown out very quickly for, for not being credible. The FBI has a problem on their hands, and they know this. And, uh, you know, God bless them for those people that are doing what they're supposed to be doing in the FBI, God be with you and uh, Godspeed in trying to get the truth out because what's obviously coming out and which has been shown quite a few times over the last three or four years, the FBI is pretty shady at best. I mean, seriously, people, how many people do you have to see fired or resigning from the FBI in absolute disgrace? I mean, you got Jim Comey, you've got... Andrew McKay, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page. I mean, just this past week, you've got this uh, assistant special agent, Timothy Tybalt, I believe is how you pronounce his name, an FBI assistant special agent in charge, was escorted out of the Washington field off by at least two headquarters looking types. Last Friday, sources told the Washington Times on Monday, I mean, this gentleman was trying to thwart, or this is how it's being reported, thwart a criminal investigation into Hunter Biden. Now, he's probably walking out of there pissed because he's probably thinking, why am I going down from the fall? Because this does not look like the exception. This looks like the general rule when it comes to the FBI. I told you we've got these whistleblowers that are coming forward. And this is another thing I just didn't uh, imagine or dream uh, if you remember, Democrats love whistleblowers. They're not digging on these whistleblowers. And A.G. Garland has put out a note reminding people that they could be disciplined for coming forth and, and bringing this information forward to these Congress people. So, again, it should concern you when people are suppressing information. They are not wanting you to hear it. And it's not like they're protecting you. They're scared. They're very concerned about what that information reveals about not only the FBI, but the Department of Justice. Now, you might find this uh, interesting also, you know, how we have these uh, fact checkers, these third-party fact checkers, in particular when it comes to Facebook. It came out also uh, from a lawsuit brought by John Stossel that Facebook, in their defense, when they're being sued for something that they said concerning Stossel in one of his documentaries, that their fact checkers are only opinions. That's, that's just an opinion. So you've got other people's opinions about information shutting people out and down about their opinions. So let me tell you a little bit about that story to give you some context to see where this came from because that was uh, Facebook's defense. So it came out in a defamation lawsuit brought by journalist John Stossel against Facebook. He simply took the position that California wildfires are made worse from poor government management 
I have not seen the Stossel video, to be honest with you, uh, but it seems that Stossel and his reporting have been around most of my life. You might remember him from 2020, and I've always found him incredibly uh, entertaining, very thorough. Uh, it seems like he always has credible sources. To me, the information always seemed coherent. It seemed to make sense to me. I can't think of anything John Stossel has ever brought forth, and I was thinking, well, that sounds crazy. That sounds weird. I always sound like he really tried to do a very good job in uh, bringing whatever information or story that he uh, was trying to present to you. But Facebook tried to make this a climate change thing. You see, it's my opinion that the left feel like when anything happens, whether it's a natural disaster or climate, the only answer will ever be their prescription, their view of what it's going to take to save the world. But they made a mistake. Stossel never said that there was no such thing as climate change. He merely pointed out that there were better managed wildland forests. And this was a reason why some wildland fires were much worse than others. Stossel asked some of the science reviewers about the misleading label that he received. Their response was that they had not even seen the video, although they offered up his words in quotation marks. The injury claimed by Stossel was that after Facebook's claim that Stossel's work was partly false, that his viewership on Facebook had just stopped. He had 24 million views prior to what Mr. Stossel refers to as a Facebook smear. Afterwards, they simply just stopped. He stated that he still gets millions of views from other social media outlets, but that most came from Facebook. Now, the response that Mr. Stossel got back, and this is in quotation marks, the problem is not the omission of contextual information rather than specific facts being wrong. The problem Mr. Stossel had, and one that should concern you, is that the fact checkers and Facebook define partly false as a work such as Mr. Stossel's is containing factual inaccuracies. I don't know about you, but in my book, they've called this man a liar. And if I were to be a juror, I would judge in favor of Mr. Stossel. You know, I too have been censored by Facebook. I can't remember all the little statements they put in there. Sometimes very vague, but you get stuff like things are taken out of context, spreading misinformation. The one that really took the cake was I shared what was obviously a joke. It was a picture of what I can best remember was a restaurant marquee that had a message, something to the fact that there was a white-haired missing old person lost and walking around claiming to be the president of the United States. An obvious and very funny joke. Made funny, by the way, that our elected president does have a diminishing mental acuity. That's obvious to anybody that's being halfway honest with you. I had a job that caused me to have a responsibility to assess people. I, I know when people are not quite clicking around like they should be. I've never met the president, but if I saw him shaking hands with somebody who obviously was not there, I would speak to him and see if he uh, was indeed, what, what was he doing? Did, did he actually see somebody? What, what in the world is going on? Was he pointing at somebody? That coupled with uh, being confused about who his wife and sister are, I, I personally would feel comfortable having him transported to somebody who could better assess than I could because I wouldn't feel comfortable leaving there, him there to himself. Uh, I would feel like he would need to be protected and uh, find out if he was having some type of medical emergency or is it what it appears to be a diminishing cognitive that is uh, looks very much like uh, dementia, looks like Alzheimer's. But again, I'm getting off topic. For anybody that would look at that and think that I was trying to mislead somebody as if, because look what you have to overcome. Remember, I'm trying to teach you how to think. If the president were to wander off. Do you think that's possible with the Secret Service? Do you remember when they were having the Easter egg roll 
on the uh, White House lawn. They even had a bunny rabbit there to corral him and bring him back into the fold. The president of the United States is not going to wander off. It doesn't matter if he's in full-blown dementia or Alzheimer's. It would be impossible for him to get out and just start roaming the streets by himself. It's not going to happen, folks. But yet, you know, you've got this fact checker checking me and acting like I'm trying to uh, push false information when it was so obviously a joke. So I'm not sure if uh, John Stossel won his lawsuit against Facebook, but one thing that, that very interestingly came out once again, and what they use for a defense, is that our fact checkers are opinion. You see, you're going to be held to a different level when you're expressing an opinion and when you're making a true statement. So I don't know if that will play out or not, because it does appear that Mr. Stossel was injured by these remarks and this... Uh, sanctioning by Facebook against his video. So don't be so impressed by third-party fact-checkers. And that's also very smart for uh, Facebook to have a third party. It sounds like they're disinterested, but it actually gives them a lot of space for uh, plausible deniability, I believe the term is, and to the point to where, you know, they've got to uh, sometimes answer for these fact-checkers, in which they did uh, when it came to Mr. Stossel, because it was Facebook that banned them. So Mr. Zuckerberg might want to hire some fact checkers to check his uh, third party or third party fact checkers so he can uh, avoid multi-million dollar lawsuits. I can't stress it enough people. I'm trying to get you to think independently of what you're being told. I think I'm laying out a very good case to make you question your major media outlets, uh, your people like the FBI. I can't even tell you how much it hurts my heart to say that the FBI, but how many times are you going to watch them be wrong? Uh, how many times are you going to look at them and see their incredible political bias? I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. They have a, an incredible bias against conservatives, The I would say the right, if not the center, and an incredible uh, leniency towards the left. They are treated much differently. I don't know how you can come to any other conclusion. And these people from the FBI that are being fired and resigning, they're not going to jail. They're not being fined. They're not going to prison. A lot of them go to work at CNN and MSNBC. And you're probably paying their pension for that service. And as long as we are a free people, and we are still a free people, I mean, the fact that I'm on the podcast saying these things that I am to you are an example that we are still a free society. There's a lot of places where doing such an act that I'm doing right now, I could be imprisoned, um, I could be killed, I could, you might not even know my name or that I ever existed. They would just do away with me totally like in the book 1984. I think we'll talk about 1984 here and again a little bit. you got to be getting tired of that, but man, there's just so much correlation to today. So yeah, I'm putting the onus, I'm probably sounding like I'm attacking all these uh, media outlets, but I'm putting the onus on you. Let me, let me just show you how stupid we're getting, and maybe one of the more intelligent things that Joe Biden has ever did, but he was having a problem, if you remember selling the COVID and the Russian collusion thing. Uh, he gets the kids from TikTok. He finds influencers from TikTok. He realizes that they are reaching hundreds of thousands, some of them millions of people, and uh then he comes to find out this is where most of their young people get their information from, their news from TikTok. Believe that. 
So knowing how much influence these kids or these very young people have, they were brought in, they were briefed on COVID, Ukraine, Russian disinformation. These TikTokers then went out and parroted this vision and talking points as if they could assess the information from the White House, Kremlin, or the CDC. I would say that this act was, again, at least for me, a desperate act on the part of the White House. It is as if they are admitting their staff, their experts, their czars in communication, health, propaganda, either foreign, domestic, or not credible. But I, I must reluctantly admit that I believe that it was effective. And you know, we're now at a point where Jay-Z, Beyonce, LeBron, and Taylor Swift probably carry more weight than our political officials, and that's, that's sad. But I can tell you one thing that Joe Biden was not stupid enough. He didn't invite people who also reach millions of people, such as Joe Rogan, Bill Maher, or Sean Hannity. They didn't get that kind of crazy because they would not have just sat there and been brief. They would have had they would have asked questions. They just would not have accepted those narratives without questioning it. Yeah, I just can't see Joe Rogan or Bill Maher or Sean Hannity falling for that. And, you know, keep in mind how those three gentlemen that I mentioned, Sean Hannity, obviously a conservative, Bill Maher, a man of the left, or he was 15 minutes ago. I Bill Maher might be considered an incredible, crazy conservative now. And Joe Rogan, I don't think that you could, uh, and, well, you couldn't put him on the right maybe five or six years ago. He's firmly there now, but that was not of his making. So the reason for having a free press is so you can have a well-informed populace. Otherwise, you're not going to have good people governing us. They will uh, be the worst of our society. So it's very important that uh, we do maintain a free press. Unfortunately, I would say there's a big part of the general populace that are just, I don't know, I think they're programmed to be programmed. They just go around with the okie-doke. They don't say, hey, that does not make any sense to me. That's a contradiction. That does not make any sense. I do remember what happened 15 minutes ago, and that's not what you're saying 15 minutes later. It's the only way that they can get away with these obvious contradictions. So I'll talk about 1984. You I typically do here lately. And that was, that was the end game in 1984, to be able to make you to accept contradictions. And now the next step is to just absolutely take full control over the media, what is uh, heard not only today but yesterday because in 1984 the main character, Winston Smith, his job was he worked at Newspeak and his job was, let's say that Let's say that he was covering what I shared with you at the beginning of the podcast, that the Democrats are now yelling, fund the police. Well, Winston's job would be to report that. But not only that, he would go back over the last two years and find all that information that I shared with you, and he would wipe it clean. He would either just absolutely do away with it, or he would edit it to support the party's narrative today. You know, if we continue down this road and we don't start checking these people, that's the only thing that I can see happening next. It will be that tide of control of the information that you receive that when they find the contradiction, they will go back and they will correct the record. They will wipe all records clean. They will edit them and they will edit them in a way that they need for it to support their narrative. If you also remember 1984, the more that the citizen would accept the contradictions and the lies, they were called intelligent. 
people such as myself that would be asking questions would be called stupid. And if you look at what happens to those people, there might be a case for that being stupid. But as long as I live in a free society, I'm going to take full advantage of it. Now, I would never compare 1984, that type of government or that type of party with the Democrat Party. But I would say that we're on that spectrum. I would say that we're traveling down that path. And what do you call this type of government? I don't know. Words like totalitarianism, collectivism, anti-individualism, and anti-autonomism, subjugation, slavery. Not trying to be overdramatic here, but where do you think this obvious rejection of reality, promotion of lies, and suppression of information is headed. Where do you think this train's destined to arrive at? When you leave the station of reality and continue through absurdity, if you're unwilling to pull that handbrake up and immediately head back to reality, you will arrive at the station of subjugation. I like that, station of subjugation. That path has been well-traveled by China, North Korea, and Russia. Why do you think that we're going to arrive at any different station? It begins with the oppressive heel of a boot on the neck of free speech. And I would say that what you're seeing within the FBI, Twitter, and Facebook, you're getting, you're getting close. In our society, there is a remedy for false and misleading information. We have American jurisprudence. We can counter with free speech and appeal to the citizens' common sense and reason. We can enhance this judgment by educating our children in how to think and get away from this trend to indoctrinating, teaching our children what to think. Truth will always reign supreme over lies and manipulative innuendos. It can be impeded by dams of lies and half-truths, but just like a powerful water source, it continues to press against those dams and with unrelenting pressure. And soon, there will be a breach in those dams of falsehood, whether that is done by a, hero, a heroic act of throwing the floodgates wide open, or it finally breaks through the weakness of those falsehoods, it will surge with a force that will not be denied. People, you will not ever completely quell the truth. It is by nature enduring. You can only for some time obscure it and quiet it down. It takes a lot of force and energy to keep, uh, keep it in check. This is why you see the censorship of Facebook, Twitter, and the White House, major news outlets, and Unfortunately, it looks like the FBI. I, again, I'll just say it. I, I can't tell you how hard it is for me to say that. Now, don't be completely disheartened. Um, we do have an incredible government in spite of that government's attempts to circumvent its own foundation. The Constitution still acts as that instrument that continues to remind the citizen and the government who is truly in charge, and that would be the American people through their elected representatives who are under a constitution that does embrace freedom, autonomy, free speech, freedom of religion, and a freedom of the press is so crucial as an instrument in protecting those rights. When you see free speech shut down by government fiat, you are seeing the epitome of totalitarianism, whether that is communism or fascism. Both of these systems occupy the modern-day left and are in direct opposition to what used to be known as liberal capitalism. The term liberal has been taken on quite a different meaning than it did a couple hundred years ago, but it appears that they have effectively co-opted this word and given it a much different meaning. So I should probably use the term free capitalism. If it weren't for free speech and some very few media outlets that still take their responsibility of free press very seriously, that they embrace the necessity of their duty to help with making sure that we have an informed populace you know, you hear all this talk about Russia influencing our elections, but I don't know if I was Vladimir Putin looking back at the United States, 
I'd save my resources because I don't think I could do as good of a job as our own media outlets and unfortunately some of our own government agencies. I see that as being much more of a problem than any type of Russian interference. But I don't want to leave you in a bunch of gloom and doom. There's much to believe that our free press, although it does appear to have a strong boot on the back of its neck, is alive and well and working. You know, if it wasn't for that fact, we would not know of that insurance policy that the FBI was working on should uh, Donald Trump ever get elected. We wouldn't know of the suppression of the information by Twitter, Facebook, and at times at the behest of the FBI. We'd know know nothing of Andy McCabe's lies in the FBI. We wouldn't know that uh, Senator Chuck Grassley has obtained an intelligence report that was used by the FBI report to discredit the laptops and was labeled disinformation. We wouldn't know that. We would not know of Hunter Biden's dealings with the Ukrainian oil company when his father was vice president. As vice president, he made six trips. I'm talking about... Biden himself, as vice president, he made six trips to the Ukraine. That's six more than he has made to our southern border. Go back and watch the video how he's bragging about withholding a billion dollars from Ukraine if they do not fire the prosecutor looking into Burisma. He states he made 12 to 13 visits to Kiev. Now, that's in contradiction to the six official trips that we know of. Now, was he lying? I don't know. We're talking about Joe Biden. He has a way of bragging, He ha- and he loves to tell a lie, so... I don't know if uh, he went the six official times or the 12 or 13 times. That could be he went six officially and he may have went some unofficially or under the radar. I don't know. I can't explain that discrepancy, but that is quite a discrepancy. You see, Joe Biden was Obama's front man for Ukrainian and American policy. Do you really think that there was no connection between Burisma, Hunter Biden's being on the board and the man who had been delegated the power to affect policy that would affect them. People, again, I'm just going to say it one more time. I'm just trying to get you to think here. You come up with your own conclusion because you're going to have to live in the same country that I live in. And I'm just giving you the skinny. And this was reported in The Hill. General Prosecutor Shoykin, who was on that case looking into Burisma, that oil company, which Hunter Biden sat on that board. Before being fired, he was looking into that executive board that I just said included Hunter Biden. If you remember some time ago, a business associate laid it out, the uh, connections between Hunter and his dad's office. His name is Tony Bobolinsky. I hope he's still alive and well, because after he gave his press conference, I said that was a dead man walking. But Mr. Bobolinsky was a partner of Hunter's and CEO in a venture by the name of Sinahawk. In a public news conference, he stated that he has turned over three phones, which he claimed has never been touched by anyone but himself. Supposedly, the dealings were with a Chinese oil company. I don't know if this is going to get into Burisma, but it could shed some light on how those business dealings were conducted. I was under the impression that all this was turned over to the FBI prior to the election, and I guess they reviewed it and found nothing wrong because this has been quite as a church mouse. I remember when Mr. Bobolinsky finished that press conference thinking again that he's a dead man, that it's a lot of money amongst some serious power players. He has been quiet and the press has left him alone. I don't know about you, but that is a huge allegation to just simply let go. If Bobolinsky is lying, then that is one big defamation lawsuit. I, I saw the press conference and he appeared to be very, very credible. 
So hard for me to not get distracted as I'm talking about this topic because every one of these stories could be a podcast. But the general thing that I'm trying to get to your attention is be very aware of the news that you're consuming. I don't put a whole lot into fact checkers because, as I pointed out to you in that story by John Stossel, they have admitted that it is nothing but opinion being made about an opinion. So where they get off... Uh, taking people or banning people or censoring people. I don't get that. And a lot of that is our fault. I think uh, a lot of our general populace, they're either lazy or, man, I've said it before, they're just busy, man. They're just trying to make it happen. They're trying to run businesses. They're trying to feed their families. They're trying to stay in their own lane. And uh, this is just going past them. A matter of fact, I think a lot of these things that are brought to people's attention, uh, it would be mind-blowing. They would not understand all these things and uh, would not believe that they were going on even. But I was trying to give you some encouragement about some things that we would not know if we didn't have a free press. You would not know of the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. If you, if you remember... Biden was trying to sell that as a complete success. We know that's not true. We know that we lost 13 precious lives in that withdrawal. Totally, totally should have never, ever happened. We left billions of dollars of military hardware weapons for the none other than the Taliban. Not to mention, you know, they have a lot of our technologies. They may want to sell them to China or other enemies of America so they can reverse engineer them. That gives them a lot of more knowledge of our protections and our defenses. If it wasn't for a free press, you would not know that Obama's former defense secretary, Robert Gates, says that Biden has been wrong on every major foreign policy in the last four decades. So should we be surprised that Afghanistan was so botched? that we had a loss of life, not to mention after those 13 service people were killed, he annihilates an innocent family thinking that they, I don't know how they were responsible for it, but yes, uh, an entire Afghan family. And I've heard that that family actually assisted us, were very helpful to us, worked with the uh, troops. Uh, I Don't hold me to that. But it seems like I vaguely do remember that. What I can tell you is that they had nothing to do with those 13 service members being dead. If we did not have a free press talking about those 13 service members that we lost in Afghanistan and that botched whatever you want to call it, we would not know that when those bodies were taken off of that C-17 plane, he sat there and kept looking at his watch. He seemed so disinterested. He seemed to be so put off about it. It was a disgrace to those dead, their families, and this country. That is the highest level of dedication and sacrifice, and he appeared to be inconvenienced by the whole affair. It would have been better if he had just sent someone that could have embraced the solemnness of that moment, someone who could have demonstrated the grief of a nation that these warriors deserved. Again, left to their administration and a free press, you may not have known this. Okay, well, I'm starting to get that feeling that I'm just rambling and I'm just beating a dead horse. I've either made my case. Once again, I hope you found some value in it. If nothing else, people, think for yourself. Don't let Ed Henderson think for you. Don't let Joe Biden think for you. Don't let Joe Rogan think for you. I do, with that, want to put this in here, though. I do my very best 
to be honest with you. I sincerely mean that. I know you're bombarded with a lot of information. I'm, I'll be fully honest with you. I have nothing but a lot of the things that you have, but I really do try to listen to what people tell me. And I think to myself, does this make any sense at all? It's a lot of responsibility for you to maintain this free society that we have inherited. You cannot go around with your head in the sand or your head always or your eyes always focused on the sky. You need to have your head on a swivel and you need to be very, very aware of what's going on around you and what is being told to you. So you've got a very, very important election that is coming up in November. I would highly recommend that you start informing yourself you've probably got a pretty good idea how I will be voting and as much as I would like for you to vote like I do I still would much rather for you to inform yourself make an informed decision uh, most people just say go out and vote and I would say that an uninformed vote is much more of a front to those people who gave their last measure of devotion their lives that we would have this most precious right to just go in there and not have done any type of consideration and just blindly uh, pull a lever or however you do it, you indicate, push a button or swipe a screen, to do so with no consideration as to what you're voting for, I would say is much worse than not voting at all. Yes, I don't think I'll belabor this point anymore. I'll call it right there. I hope you heard something of value today hope that I have uh, awakened an awareness in you that will make you not only consume news, but you will actually start to be very critical about what you're being told. And again, people, does it make any sense? America make this make sense because there's a lot of things that don't make sense anymore. But I think I've also ended up on somewhat of a good note of letting you know that our free press is still alive and kicking. And, uh, it's going to be up to us to make sure that it continues. So please um, hit follow. Uh, start following the podcast. There's some 46, 47 other podcasts. I invite you to check those out. And uh, at this point, I'm going to, as I usually do, pray for blessings upon your house. Wish you well. Hope you have a beautiful weekend this weekend. I hope your families are well. I'm Edward Henderson. This is Over and Under. I'm out like a scout, brother. Ain't no doubt. Hey, you take care of yourself. Bye.